Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Wrestling Podcast proudly presents to you not one, not two, but three shows. This week we have Ice Ribbon After the Rain, Ribbon Goodbye, uh, Matsuri Uno, Noah Cage War, and Noah Muta the World. Two shows from Pro Wrestling Noah, and if you're not down with that, then we got two words for you. Drone Cam. Bloody <laughs> Drone Cam. How good was that? Yes! Absolutely fantastic. Wrestling podcast time. That's wrestling spot WRSTLING. It's all of the graps that we're about the E. You know the deal by now. We're not anti E. We're simply pro wrestling. My name's Liam. This guy is Gareth. Hey. And thank you so much for joining us once again on this wonderful Friday evening in a slightly later time slot than usual. I think we're going to be keeping it to around this time anyway, just so that we can. Well, it's really just to keep up with my own personal tidiness, but also to involve our international friends as well. So this drops a little opportune time for them too anyway loads to get into today three whole shows and a bunch of news at the back end of this podcast so strap yourself in for a good time gareth where do you want to start my friend let's jump into ice ribbon i think i just want to talk that main event okay the main event this is crazy this i mean it's not a one-match show by any stretch there was some good stuff on here throughout but definitely the main event was the big talking point this is the fantastic title match it was a fluorescent light tube death match good lord it was uh risa sarah defending against rena yamashita if you listen to this podcast before you know there were big rena fans here and this one promised to get ugly and it certainly did (laughs) Oh my goodness. I don't know if I've seen as much glass in one match before. No, I found this in places hard to watch. Uh, I feel like the older I get, the more squeamish I am with regards to death matches. And it's interesting because Ice Ribbon are really leaning into this sort of style Mm. at the second. Yeah, it's interesting. What with Suzu's series, which she completed earlier in the the show. With uh, seven losses. Crikey, but you know, I'm totally behind her. It's kind of done the job, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. She's so interesting and such a such a good fiery underdog. Love her know. t-shirt as well at the moment. Yeah, me too. It's just the wrong red for me. You know, a cold <laughs> red really washes me out. My mum told me when I was young, and she was right. Ridiculous. Look, um, it is. You got to know your colours. Just gonna start buying you nothing but red t-shirts. This is bullshit. I bought you a nice, <laughs> nice dungarees. <laughs> <laughs> Still hasn't arrived. Sorry about that. Um, it's. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's get into this match man good lord this is so crazy and I, I thought this was really interesting as well because we were talking last week about if there was a ceiling for freelance wrestlers in japan and if that may potentially halt their progress <laughs> in any one any one promotion it would appear that that's not the case no, no i think not <laughs> so just before we really dive into this one as well i just want to um come clean about something so I knew this is what we were supposed to be watching for the, the podcast this week. And I sat down to watch some Ice Ribbon and watched a full show. And it finished. And I was just like, where was Rena and Risa? And yeah, it turns out I'd watched the show from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Not the end of the world, but I definitely... <laughs> I've, I've watched more Ice Ribbon than I meant to this week. So Ice, Ice Ribbon got double money this week from yeah. the wrestling podcast. You're, you're very, very welcome <laughs> for our custom. <laughs> Despite the uh, the jankiness of the uh, the player as well. Oh, yeah. It, look, you know, these things happen, but it was it was a tough watch in many ways just because of the, how stutter it was. I think for both of us, the frame rate was just not good. 
Yeah. If you guys had a different experience, though, tweet us and let us know. Yeah. Maybe it's just us. Yeah. We'll be good to know. But anyway, we did persist. We persevered. And we were rewarded with an absolutely crazy death match. Rini Yamashita, who, for me, is having one of the best years out of anybody in the entire planet with regards to pro wrestling, picks up the win. This was an interesting one as well, because there was a, a certain poetry to this, because um, you know, with the, the, the original tournament for mm. this belt, Risa beat Rina in the finals. Yes, yes. So to have her be the one to take it off her works really well. There's a nice Definitely. story being told there. Like a certain sort of symmetry. Yes. Yamashita has just had somebody that a year ago we were completely unaware of and has just like raced to the front to become, I think for both of us, one of our one of the people if we see them on a card we're like oh well that's a must watch then yeah absolutely i mean if you're based outside of the uk this might be a slightly different thing but the way things work with live shows over here for the most part there are a few dedicated fans but if uh, let's say i live in the south of england which i do and there's a show in the midlands which is about you know two to three hours away so nothing too crazy unless it's a really crazy card i'm not going because that's yeah, that's more than the the average British fan is willing to travel. If it's in the north or Scotland, yeah, best of luck. It's, it's not, it's not, it's it? not yeah. happening. It's it doesn't happening. exist, basically. If somebody announced tomorrow that Rina Yamashita was doing a match on the Isle of Man, I would be buying my ticket. I just think <laughs> she's just the coolest, and I absolutely yeah. want to see her wrestle live. Just a so. great look, you yeah. know, great in ring, just, a lot to like. Just awesome, and a real, you know, an absolute killer as well which is the other mm. interesting thing. And there's a few of these guys floating around now, real sharks, you know, that yeah. just look terrifying. You know, um, our pal Yappy very kindly sends me the um, the, the press photos um, from the ice ribbon shows so that we can cover them on itrwrestling.com. And when she sent over the images for the death match um, <laughs> tournament, <laughs> There wasn't anything that I could use because it was it was all a bit grim and oh my god some of the pictures I just I couldn't believe it they just look terrible and there's one arena just hovering over uh, Risa Sarah in their main event tag match and she genuinely looks like the devil incarnate and just like oh my word this is the scariest woman on earth um, <laughs> and there's other, I think there's something as well I don't know if it's a purposeful thing but the way ice ribbons lit you know from a production point of view. It's, it's it's colder, and I'm assuming that's a purposeful mm. decision based on the word ice. But there's something about it that makes these kind of matches look all the more brutal for some reason. Like if it's done under sort of warm, hot lights, maybe you lose something. But I don't know, just for me, from an aesthetic point of view, it really adds to the drama, makes it look all the more dangerous. So yeah, there we go. That's my little production corner for you. Fa fashion corner coming up in a bit too. Not for this match, mind. I was just really um, amazed at how big some of the bumps were in this match. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, especially factoring in the glass also. <laughs> so there were stuff off the top onto the on through tubes, off the ladder. I think at one point uh Yamashita sent on herself through a stack of light tubes just for funsies. These two are hard as hell. Wild, aren't they? some wild <laughs> stuff. And something I had kind of haven't noticed before when as much when watching like light tube matches is the pop they make when they go. Mm. But just because of the way I think a lot of Japanese wrestling is uh, mic'd, you know, you really hear that. You really hear that pop. Yeah, it sounds like landmines going off, which, of course, is not out of the realms of possibility, as per no. our, our power Anita. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I couldn't agree more. This one was brutal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I did think 
in the opening minutes though that it felt maybe a little bit too cute in that you know there was stuff they were doing where it felt like a little bit too cooperative and you know just trading stuff where i'm just kind of like but like once you really got into it i absolutely adored this match interesting interesting yeah no fair enough yeah really good stuff overall this one went just shy of 15 minutes a very worthy main event indeed just both of them were especially yamashita's back was just absolutely you know you couldn't see skin it was just blood it was yamashita up it was terrible. terrible. <laughs> you're you're the terrible one. Get out. Sorry about that. <laughs> Fair play to Risa Sarah. She's been an absolutely brilliant inaugural champion. Done a really good job of establishing this belt, and I'd be intrigued to see where she goes from here. Yeah. Does she try and go a more conventional route for the time being, or does she get straight back into the fray? It does feel like she's kind of, kind of carved out a bit of a niche for herself. Mm of recent with this sort of stuff it's certainly what i associate her with at the moment yes. so yeah be interesting it looks like suzu is next in suzu, line as well suzu, suzu, suzu. yeah absolutely man that's a crazy match rena versus suzu yeah well we'll be buying that one twice as well that sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> definitely so yeah ice ribbon it's, it's good it's just good it is, there's, there's it a lot there's a lot of people here worth keeping an eye, eye on this you know Anytime there's singles matches in the Ice Ribbon, I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, it's a really they, good they stuff. Ass. Really good stuff. Okay, moving on after the break, we're going to be chatting about not one, but two shows from Pro Wrestling Noah. Don't you go anywhere. And we're back. So in this half of the show, we are talking all things Noah. So we watched Cage War and Moot of the World. These two, again, just had absolutely massive main events like Ice Ribbon did, just huge main events. So Crazy main events. For Cage War, we had Masa Kitamiya taking on Katsuko Nakajima in a hair versus hair steel cage match, death match, uh, which was wild. So it was the first time both these stipulations had ever been used in, in Noah. And then on Muta the World, that was headlined by the great Muta making his uh, first in-ring appearance since I believe May of last year in Noah, taking on Keno, the leader of Congo. What were your thoughts on on these two, Liam? Well, what, what I would just reiterate was that we're talking about pro wrestling Noah here. And <laughs> I, it it was crazy. I, I, I really enjoyed this and it almost felt like these were do you know when you go to like progress used to do shows that weren't canon mm-hmm. yeah and, you know this almost felt a bit like that in many ways of course they were and they were still in progressions but the the two main events felt so different from what you would normally expect from pro wrestling noah you know a cage match in mm-hmm. noah mm-hmm. um and then the the hijinks of the the muta keno match yeah and even the um the junior heavyweight battle royal which happened on on the cage war show it, it just all felt very different and I really enjoyed it. It was mm. a fresh look. You got the intensity of a Noah main event and also the quality of a Noah main event, but inside a very different wrapper to what we're usually used to. Yes. So for me, both of these main events felt very fresh, delivered in entirely different ways, but I really enjoyed myself watching both of these. Yeah, and they, they just felt the kind of juxtaposition of the two main events as well. You know, I thought the cage match you know was just very hard hitting very all just like action 
and then you had the or just straight ahead rest, you know, wrestling for the most part. And then you had the main event of uh, Moose of the World, which was all kind of smoke and mirrors and a little bit silly in the yeah. best possible way. Yeah, it, it, I'm glad you used that phrase because I remember thinking during the the cage match, there are zero smoke and mirrors here. These guys are just hitting each other really, really yeah. hard. Yeah. And then, as you say, the other match was almost exclusively that. And that was great. You know, if you've got two shows that back to back, literally one day after the other, you don't want to present the same thing twice. I thought this was wonderful. It's mm, a really good mm. display of variety. I hope we see a bit more of this. Like, it doesn't need to be regularly. Um, I just like it as an occasional shot of variety. And I, I yeah. thought it was really, really good. Let's talk about the cage match first then. Yep. By the way, Mark and Stuart on the call add so much value mm-hmm. to me anyway. Just so much value. I think they do a really great job. I love that they're getting more and more shows. Yeah, I really liked that they had pre-show event where they uh, were sort of hyping up the matches and giving a little bit of backstory before getting into it. And same, you know, when there was the little break whilst the cage was going up again they got to talk more direct to camera which i really yeah. liked yeah me too just had a real sports feel to it and it's exactly what's needed in terms of doing what president takagi says they want to do and be aggressive in terms of getting that international audience so it's really great stuff um i absolutely love that and again i think they did a brilliant job here on both shows and just to circle back what you said at the beginning how great is the uh in terms of production wise how great is the are the drone shots right okay fine drone cam oh, i love the drone cam yeah it's the it coolest thing really adds something it does like, it's so unique the kind of angles it can get as well just because i think you know you get so used to all the sort of standardized possible angles that you can be given on a wrestling show to then get like completely new ones that really work because i do feel like sometimes the corner cams aren't that great no no it's a nice idea for specific shots but it's not a long it's not something you can go to too regularly in a match no. i don't think because the quality does dip for whatever reason yeah. you won't have seen this i don't suspect but in premier league football nope, the last definitely season, not there <laughs> where there's been no fans they've been doing a lot of stuff with drone cams and particularly with penalties and penalty mm. kicks they've been positioning the drone cam uh, exactly in the same way as it looks when you're playing like a FIFA game. Again, and, I wouldn't know. Yeah, it, it's a, it's been Which a real kind of nice thing for sort of long-term fans to be like, oh, okay, this, this is exactly how it is. It's basically just behind the player. So you can see the player the ball in front of him and the whole goal. Oh, nice. Yeah, I can imagine that would be a yeah. fun shot, which you couldn't achieve under normal circumstances. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a slightly bizarre segue, but, you know, it, it does link to this a bit because you've got some really fun shots out mm. of this. And I don't know if it's something you could do with fans. Maybe, maybe not. In some ways it might work because the, you know, the noise, the, the Vuvuzela-esque noise that you get from the drone... <laughs> Again, I don't have a problem with that at all. No, I don't. But maybe that gets ever so slightly drowned out, not by chanting or anything, because that's not something you get in Japanese wrestling particularly, but just by the the bodies in the room. General hubbub. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So maybe maybe that does work. But for me, I really like this. A a good, a fun experiment, isn't it? At the very very least. Um, Yeah, just giving us angles that we usually aren't privy to. Yeah, 100%. So boy, oh boy. This was a hard-hitting match. I mean, as a team, these two are known as the aggression. What more do you need to know? <laughs> they brought it. And what really interested me is, you know, Kitamir is a 
big, big boy, much mm. bigger than Nakajima. But actually, Nakajima controlled most of the match yeah. portions of it and looked like the more dangerous of the two. And Which is reasonable guy, considering it? how they've been traditionally presented as singles competitors. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And, it, you know, he's known for his kicks and they were on full display here. And I was reminded of the old MMA adage during this where, you know, it's not the ones that make the slap that really hurt. It's the ones that make the thud. And these all made a thud. They were just... <laughs> Oh god! Oh, kid to me. Oh my god! Well, yeah, I don't feel too sorry for him because he forearmed Nakajima to hell. But my word, they just laid it in. Yeah. And what was really interesting as well was a lot of the um, longer, strong style forearm exchanges were almost done at distance. So there's nowhere to hide with those. They were just throwing them and landing them, and you got yeah. the noise from. And not them. all there the was, noise. There's no kind of. There was nothing cute. It was. It was all just. I'm just, I'm just, just meat on meat. Meat on meat. That's it. Meat on meat. Uh, I thought it was really great. Really, really good stuff. The stretch was wonderful. You got really exciting towards the end. Definitely. Uh, yeah, you know, Nakajima coming off the top. <sniffs> yeah, with a missile drop kick. Wild. I just, um, you know, it was interesting listening to the Saban interview last week. Um, listening to it back and where he was talking about the no fan experience. You know, everything hurting more. And admittedly, I had suspected that you know, with the, the slight lack of adrenaline, perhaps, you know, can you imagine doing this in front of nobody jumping off of that thing? Yeah. Knowing you're going to land on your back. And then we say that and Kitamir <laughs> goes for a top, a top of the cage sent on. Yeah. Misses and literally bounces off the mat. <laughs> if you've ever seen that old clip of um, uh, Tommy Dreamer giving Rob Van Damme a pile driver. Yeah. Being popped up, it was that. <laughs> It yeah, it that, really was. A man of that size. Just imagine, you know, poor old Nakajima if he'd have been underneath that. Oh my god! But just knowing that was that was mm. your fate. Crikey! It was mm. it was yeah, it was crazy to see somebody that big coming off of a, a height like that. It was just what another thing I liked in just in terms of presentation. Uh, Nakajima is really great at kind of knowing where the cameras are. And I'm just, glad you mentioned that. Yeah, the, yeah. the his beautiful smile. You say beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but our our followers say otherwise we ran a, a poll it's actually still ongoing um it'll be be ongoing uh, for a couple of hours after the podcast drops let's just check in on it now does nakajima look more evil with hair or without well 68.8 percent of you think without hair i actually beg to differ i think he looks more evil with hair what, what was your view on this which way did you go yeah probably sans hair Sans hair, okay. He's a terrifying looking man. He really is. Which is interesting because when he was in Axis with Go, he just looked like a really lovely bloke. Um, he's he's very gifted with his facial expressions. But you're right. He did a wonderful job of really finding the camera. Playing to those, to those lenses. Yeah, Can't fault the action really, but I did have a, maybe a little bit of constructive criticism Go on. for this one. So I did find it a little peculiar that the match started with some sort of quite some technical wrestling almost you know it was it felt like it should have been an all-out brawl from the word go mm -hmm. but perhaps there's a reason for it i did maybe with the stakes so high are both men just playing extra safe hence not running in guns blazing yeah that's how i justified it to myself but i did find it a little curious and that's fair. I suppose you could add to that the fact that they know each other so well. Yeah. So maybe yeah. there was a fear of yeah. flash knockout. I don't mm -hmm. know. I'm, I'm guessing. And then yep. 
the other thing I think, you know, and it's very forgivable because they've never had a, a cage match, but the ref counting for chokes. Ah, yeah. Do you know, I, I, I didn't pick up on that. I was just like, well, you know, you're not going to DQ someone in a, in a cage match. Yeah, that's valid. Absolutely. Yeah. T- two very valid points. Well, let's talk about something else. Then we've mentioned this before um, when we were covering these two as a tandem mm. I know where this is going, yeah. You know where this is going, headbutts. Um, at the time, and we talked about this with Mark as well, we, I think, both expressed slight concern over mm. the of headbutts, but by the same token for that particular instance in the tag match where uh, Kitamiya headbutted Segura uh, whilst in the prison lock and the blood started pouring from his head just as the guy tapped out. It was just, you'll never replicate it to that level, no. which is perfectly done. As a one-off spectacle, it was awesome. But here, the headbutts, left, right, and center. Yeah. And they were hard. You could hear you them. You could hear them. They just echoed no around. Yeah. And I did feel a bit uncomfortable yeah, with Yeah, so we had four of them here, which, you know, I, I just don't know if it should be something that is made a sort of semi-regular part of Kitamiya's uh, offense. I mean, I, there's no doubt it's compelling. And when you when you watch it, it's, it's a visceral manoeuvre, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's perhaps nothing more visceral than a headbutt because it's so rarely seen. It's a bit... I could live with it like the sort of North American use of a, a chair shot to the head, like once in a blue moon, ideally gimmicked mm-hmm. slightly. Okay, fair enough. But I don't know, man, just throwing them around like this... And just the thud they were making as well. It was really, you know, I winced hard. And it's asking for trouble, isn't it? It is, it is. So I yeah. do think every additional one that's dealt out, you know, we're pro- we're getting closer to that, to one, you know, in terms of something really not great happening. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally think that. So yeah, it was, that was something that made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Mm. But look, outside of that, I thought it was a really good contest, really good main event. Um, certainly hopping on the spreadsheet, I would have thought, um, for for discussion. I would say so. Yes. Crikey, the spreadsheet, man. It's not helping, actually. It's making it harder. Um, it'd be easier to forget some of these and just go with a couple. Mm. My word, we've got our work cut out for us. But yeah, I thought it was really good. Be really interested to get everybody else's opinions. So do tweet us and let us know. Now, as promised earlier, Fashion Corner. What's this? Steel cage match? Fashion Corner? Yes, indeed because that ringside was somebody that I think is absolutely great. And that is Keno. He is. He's so good. He's so good. And we're going to talk about him loads. I think he's fast becoming one of my favourites, and certainly in Go Shizaki's absence, possibly my favourite. Yeah, Noah, at the a very good performer. Just so great. And I think he's one of these guys, you know, so Keno's been a sort of quote-unquote heel for, for the longest time, I think. Mm. But I feel like if he was... If, last 12 months played out in front of a North American crowd, you would be getting the sense that they're sort of organically turning him face. Mm. He's mm. just enjoyable. He's clearly aware, very self-aware and, you know, he knows his sort of stern character and all that sort of stuff. So once he gets on the bike at Cyber Fight <laughs> Festival, <laughs> that was such a highlight, you know, or it gets animated in any way. Yeah. So I really enjoyed here the the sort of ceremony of it, especially where it's the first time, you know, having Keno coming out and, you know, doing a little bow to sort of both men pre-match and being the one to lock the cage. Yes. And then 
all the rest of Congo observing from ringside too, just really like added to the look and feel of this contest. Definitely, definitely. Just to um, just to finish on this, um, you know, we mentioned before, and you only need to hop onto a, a Twitter of any Japanese promotion to to see it for yourself. But look, a lot of these press conferences, you get the distinct feeling that not many Japanese wrestlers have a great suit game. You know, there's no Cody Rhodes is walking around out there. Yes, there is, because Keno has got the coolest all-red suit with a daring combination with brown shoes. I think he really pulled it off. He just looked <laughs> awesome. But then at the end, so, you know, we're talking about ceremony. Uh, so it was Kitamiya who got the win here. Surprised me, that, actually. Yeah. Um, Off Kitamiya, the back of two Saito suplexes. Really nice, really nicely done. Uh, Nakajima took the idea of getting his head shaved like a champ. He was kind of like, okay, fine, let's just get it done. Kitamir did the, the first bits and bobs with scissors and then had a go with uh, some clippers. Interestingly enough, I don't know if you spied this, Gareth, but when he started off with the uh, the clippers, there was a grader on there. Yeah. And he and he chucked it off. So I don't know if he was originally going for a one or a short back and sides. But anyway, it ended up as a zero. Sorry about that. One thing, all wrestlers, generally speaking, terrible at using clippers. I've never seen a hair versus hair match where the... The competitor that does the shaving does a good job of, of cutting the hair. Well, this is this is where I reserve yet more praise for Kenny. Yeah, because yeah, he no, took no, over no. from Kitamir. Yeah. Not only did he do a fabulous job of tidying up what was a very messy haircut, but he did so without getting any hair on that wonderful red suit. Yeah, so absolutely yeah, more power to the guy. So an interesting reversal. So we'd seen Keno, you know, from coming out at the beginning and sitting ringside through the match, just completely stoic, no mm. emotion. And then we had and you know, Nakajima is usually his face is very animated. Mm -hmm. And then we had this reversal here whilst the head shaving was going on. Keno's face was then full of emotion and like shock and Nakajima was stony faced. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good point. Though. Yeah. And I've always felt that they're uneasy bedfellows in many ways mm. because they they both feel like they could be the leader. Yeah. And Nakajima doesn't get involved with any of the pre-match rituals for Congo or anything. He just sits in the in the background and looks menacing. And yeah, I wonder if something more is is coming from this. But yeah, I honestly I thought it was when Keno took over the shaving. It felt very tender. Yes. Like I know, yeah. you know, it's a weird thing to sort of say about wrestling, but like it felt like there was a lot of like care and tenderness. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. It was really, really interesting to watch. Feels like there's there's a lot more to come with this story. Mm. So I certainly hope so. And then to finish this show, it, I thought it was wonderful. The closing shot, which was from the like the entrance ramp facing back down towards the ring. So you had Nakajima coming up the ramp and disappearing and then you just had this wonderful closing shot of Keno and Congo the rest of Congo staring up after him yeah which is a really production. nice way yeah you know which is something I've made comment on before like certain um DDT shows have had really great kind of closing shots and stuff mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so yeah it's nice to see that here as well that you know so I think they're obviously thinking about these things maybe a little bit more especially in these shows where there's no fans and you can you know do the the more interesting kind of production and shots yep couldn't agree more absolutely okay wonderful stuff let's uh move on to mute of the world which uh had Keno in the main event competing this time mm -hmm. against the Great Muta. Uh, talk us through your thoughts on this one. I just found the Great Muta saying he wants to kill Keno very funny. 
Yeah, me too. Like it just yeah. really tickled me. Like the voiceovers of him, him in English saying he wants to kill Keno, just was just highly amusing. Like I don't know if that's necessarily what they're going for, but uh, I'm yeah. not sure I fully understand why as well. It, it seemed a bit unreasonable to be honest with you. You know, what's Keno ever done to him? No, <laughs> he just yeah, Musa just decided like Keno is going to be his victim. He's and, his guy, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, also, one of, I think one of my. Uh, favorite new feuds running feuds in noah is the great muter uh, feuding with drones yes absolutely yeah and that drone knew what was coming this time he got out of the way he didn't want to be misted again that really tickled me as well yeah just it was really. great if you saw when um muter came back at the memorial uh, the memorial show for miss Mizawa. The, the drone ate it, you know, mm. it got the, it got the mist big time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's wise it's to that scarpered. now. Kano, unfortunately less so. He got misted not once, well, twice, but three times. Yeah. <laughs> lady. Yeah. yeah and poor old uh, Sawyer got it as well. Yeah. And got, yeah. got carted off. Yeah, he got some mist too. So as you said before, you know, this one, there was a lot of shenanigans, smoke and mirrors, but it's a different type of match. Yeah, very different to what I'm used to with Noah, and I, I loved it for that reason. Definitely, I enjoy enjoy the presentation of the great Muto as well. Me too. You know, in stark contrast to KG Muto. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's a conscious decision, but he wasn't effing and blinding like he normally is when he's wrestling <laughs> under his own name. <laughs> that's, that's that's my. I think one of my favorite things about watching Muto wrestle is just hearing him effing and jeffing, just swearing constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Yeah. Whereas Cage Wars main event was upwards of you know thirty plus minutes. Mm. This this didn't even go. I don't think went not even quite fifteen. And a lot of that was again was stuff on the outside and missed. You know, I think this was short and sweet and played to uh, the great Mooters' strengths. Yeah, it was small but perfectly formed in many ways. Um, lots of fun, lots of shenanigans, as we said. Uh, the Congo stable getting involved and you know having having very little luck in a way of dealing with the great muter they, they felt very much like you know putties or lackeys <laughs> here just getting absolutely smushed by the big bad um and you know Keno doing his level best to implement the usual game plan big strong kicks uh hit a couple of those um diving foot stomps yeah pfs pfs absolutely the professional foot stomp um I don't know who has an unprofessional foot stomp. Every, everyone except Keno. That, that makes perfect sense. That's exactly why it's called that, surely. Um, it's a slight to everybody else. But yeah, you know, Keno landed a couple of those. One yeah, to, the one, one to the outside. The outside. Oof. Wow. Crazy. Fair play to Muta, man. Taking this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's mad. But yeah. So some really great moments. So, you know, quite often you hear wrestling talked about, you know, it's not the matches per se, but it's the moments. It's the stuff yes. that sticks with you. I thought this match had that really had that those moments that you remember like the the you know, muta t- chasing the drones like the pfs to the outside then then all the misting and then the one we got to talk about oh. is <laughs> keno lighting his own kick pad on fire <laughs> to, kick, yep. to land a kick on the great muta this is this is all real this happened i encourage you to watch it in fact there's a gift knocking around that we'll, we'll share but my word a fire kick is <laughs> It was just great. And so in keeping with the match, it was perfect. Absolutely wild. Stu on the call didn't know what was happening there. He just lost it. It was so much fun. So, so much fun. And 
amazingly, it didn't get the job done, which no. is, yeah, nuts. And, you know, Congo put the boots in as well Yeah. Uh, after this. Uh, and then we, even, we got a fireball chucked by uh, Muta as well. Yeah, fire was in there. So, yeah, all in all, we got fire, we got mist, we got drones. Perfect. It's yeah. crazy. I, I yeah. also kind of like how the English commentary team for Noah is, you know, they're pretty straight laced and professional and primarily that both their backgrounds is it are in shoot fighting, you know, martial arts. Mm. So, you know, I really enjoy when some of the wackier, very pro wrestling stuff occurs and hearing their them react to it. Yeah, because they react to it in a sport centric manner, which is which is all the more all the more fun, I think, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really great. Just a really fun spectacle overall. Uh, Muta eventually gets the win uh, with the chair-assisted Shining Wizard. Looked very cool indeed. Yes. So a bad weekend for <laughs> Congo. Bad weekend for Congo. Not a great weekend for Keno, but an absolutely wonderful suit. So not all is lost. Yeah, not all is lost. It could be well, worse. I just think more generally, Congo are just the most, you know, they have real sartorial style. They yes. are, they're a stylish bunch. Yes. Do you think that stable is heading for Splitsville? The sort of the I hope not. Need to show? I hope not too, I, but I, I wonder. I'd, I'd almost love them off the back of this weekend to to rally like to you know maybe this brings them together yeah absolutely but yeah i'd like to see keno back in the main event sometime soon he'd be a a great foil for marafuji i think Mm. but you know you could say the same about kitamiya you could say the same about nakajima you know look it's it's not a secret at this point because 2020 was a brilliant year for pro wrestling now and i think firmly put them back on the map the fact that he did something so different with these two shows just goes to show they're serious and they're versatile. And it's a promotion people should be excited about. Yeah, they've done a real good job of kind of capitalizing on the new eyeballs that Go Shizaki's fantastic title reign perhaps brought them. It was a combination between that, you know, the making it easier to watch via it being part of DDT Universe or now Wrestle Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just it's felt like a year of incremental improvement across the board to the point where people would you couldn't help but talk about Noah yeah like they they became sort of undeniable again yeah I couldn't agree more so wonderful stuff so 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 glad they're back in this position because it's a historically a wonderful promotion and I love this current roster they're working with now so much good stuff to come so there we go i think that pretty much wraps us up on that one let us know what you guys thought of that as well also i should say big shout out for the junior heavyweight title match um hayata beating uh, katoji for the junior heavyweight title that was a really fun match as well when just shy of 25 minutes again the stretch was absolutely brilliant so if you get a chance do check that one out as well really good stuff very unique and creative before we move on Mm. so sort of around the corner now the n1 so i'm curious you know off the back of this you gotta think that kitamiya has got a bloody good chance of being the one to take it this year mate they've got a few people with some momentum like kitamiya i think should be up there near the top of the list and i think if if i was holding the pen i probably would have him be the guy equally i could see it being edamora yes He's got a lot of momentum at the second. You have to think Kiyomi is going to come again at mm-hmm. some point soon. I wouldn't rule out Nakajima doing it, to be truthful. Mm. 
it's it's exciting because you just don't know. It's yeah. nice that there's a slew of people that could potentially take it. Yes, absolutely. I do think as well that you know where they've been going with the the veterans as the champions, they are beatable. So yes. yeah, it'd be interesting to see who does that. Yeah, absolutely. And who knows? We might have Go Shizaki back in the mix by then. Oh man, look, I'm I'm. I miss the Go Shizaki title matches. I really do because they were, they always felt so special. Yeah. But by the same token, you know, I don't want him to come back until he's fit and healthy no. and, you know, ready to go. Till his bionic shoulders, uh, you know, are settled in. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, great stuff. I mean, it's pretty cool that they're doing as well as they're doing at the moment and they've still got Go to come back. Mm. You know, that's, that's some serious dry powder there. So, yeah. Very exciting yeah. indeed. Also, it'd be nice. Well, who knows? Maybe we might get somebody from DDT in the N1 as well. It's happened before, I believe. Um, yeah, that we, would be interesting. And we might be at a point where some of the Gaijin can come back as well. Yeah, absolutely. Rene Dupree. It's, it's possible. It's possible. He's uh, well, he never lost his tag title with um, El Hijo del Dr. Wagner, wasn't it? I think it was his tag partner. I forget. So, yeah, we, we will see, you know, but it's. Exciting times in Noah, basically, is what we're getting at. Yeah, 100%. I should also say as well, just as an aside, historically, I've not really been that into the whole hair versus hair thing. I don't know why. It's just never attracted me that much, possibly because I've always had short hair and I don't get the um, the meaning as much. But this year, we've had two that I've thought to be absolute bangers and the stipulations really added something so obviously this one and then the uh, julia tamlikana yeah. match earlier in the year so that stipulation is very much in vogue and doing good things at the second just a random observation and a good one at that there we go all right we're gonna be back after this with some news and we're back okay let's just jump into it news talking points all this good stuff loads going on uh, over in the wrestling universe, wrestling about the E, of course. So, Tokyo Joshi Pro, Miyu Yamashita, friend of the podcast, handed Saki Sama her first singles loss. My word. Good fun match, that. Oh, it was, yeah. Uh, I honestly was just just based off of Saki Sama's singles win last record. I really thought the title was in jeopardy here, actually. So, yeah. I was delighted that Yamashita managed to hold on to it. Um, yeah. And you know, long may she reign. I'm, I'm very excited to kind of see where this where this reign goes for her. Mm, yeah, me too. Me too. Um, speaking of Tokyo Joshi Pro, uh, Yamashita's Cyberfight Festival dance partner Yuka Sakazaki is off on excursion. She's heading over to the United States of America to be part of AEW for a month, which is really cool. So, be intriguing to see, as you pointed out in your article on itrwrestling.com, if she crosses paths with dr mm. Britt baker again because she pulled out a tooth last time yes it'd be interesting to see if it if they pick up where they left off listen but some time will tell i know we don't talk about that too much on here but look if we're going to pay anything off i want to know why riho shoved yuka sakazaki at the original fire fest that's never <laughs> been explained it drives me nuts so if we could sort that out that'd be great. <laughs> ridiculous i'm not the only one surely um yeah anyway it's just left me thinking, you know, well, who seems like the next person in line? You know, we've had a a few, this is what the third recent person from the Cyberfight Stable Promotions, you know, namely DDT and TJPW that's 
gone over for a little month-long excursion. So we've had uh, Maki Ito and Sakesta, friends of the show. So yeah, I'm curious. Who do you think is the next? Should be the next logical person in line. Hmm. So for me, I think based off of her recent recently going viral, <laughs> I think Saki Sama would be a really great shout. Well, with Mesa Michelle, maybe. Yeah, that I'd be into that too. But or like even if she went as Saki Akai, but what just time of, yeah. When did she do the um? When, when did AEW do their women's tag team tournament? I don't. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what time of year that that occurred. But you know, who's, who's to say they even do it again? I think to my preference. Well, I'd like either way. Maybe she goes as both. Um, but I would like to see her as Saki Akai because then yeah. you've got a chance of getting eruption over there as as a stable, which I think would be very cool indeed. So. Yeah, I think that would be awesome, particularly if they do go down the trio's title route. Why not? Mm -hmm. Um, That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, For me, probably Endo. Um, Yeah, that would rule. You know, he's primed and ready for international exposure. He's top, top tier, in my opinion. Mm. So I'd love to see him over there. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. And then the other person that, again, is I feel it would be lovely to see again, even though there's somebody that has has previously wrestled with AEW is um Shoko Nakajima. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She'd be a wel- a welcome return. Yeah, I don't disagree. I just love that we can talk about this and people going to AEW doesn't mean that we don't get to see them again. Yeah, they're not they can, they're not gone for good. They can wrestle in AEW and then they can wrestle in Tokyo Joshi in their home promotion. It's just such a healthier climate, you know, mm. it's a healthier ecosystem for wrestling generally, I think, anyway. So, yeah, very good stuff. Be intriguing to see. Uh, over in Stardom, the Yokohama Dream Cinderella 2021 is taking place on this coming Sunday. Wow. On the 4th, yeah, 4th of oh July. Gosh. And some big title matches are scheduled for this one. Most notably, Utami against Natsuki Tora in the main event. Mm-hmm. Look, man. A lot of pressure on Utami now because yeah, she is the pressure's red hot. You know, I, I, I'm i really happy for her, I must say, because it didn't feel like initially, although she was the World of Stardom champion, she wasn't being presented as the main event. Yeah. She is just through performance alone wrestled that spot back. Mm-hmm. Like und- Undoubtedly, she is the person that should be main eventing this show because there's so much buzz following that crazy Meltzer rating and the, I don't know if you saw the, the article I did on itrwrestling.com about mm-hmm. how Stardom World has gone, yes. done big numbers from the Julia Tam match to then the Shuri Utami match. And it's really exciting. And I'm just really pleased for her that she's it's actually lovely, isn't it? this. So still. Well deserved. To get the match for me, it's got to be Utami Julia. That's the match. Yes. At some point when we get there. It's coming. The world blows up. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. but that should be a lot of fun. Ring of Honor. Uh, they've got a big show coming up as well and actually a crazy good looking main event they've got bandido uh, he's going to be taking on roosh for the title he won the survival of the fittest tournament that match is going to be bananas that's going to be a good wait for that match so yeah really yeah, i good think stuff we're gonna have it. to we're gonna have to check in with the uh, best in the world i think yeah okay let's, let's see what we can do there that's gonna be pretty cool and that i think pretty much covers us for this week so Next week, what have we got going on? Well, 
couple of fun little bits. And actually, we're going to be talking about the very first show from Atsushi Onita's new promotion, which is FMWE, E being Explosion, dear Lord. We're going to make Liam squeamish again. Big time, big time. That's going to be really cool. You love death matches. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> and I, I do really enjoy them. It's just I, I don't have the tolerance I used to now. Um, I feel like mine's been rebuilt thanks to the last year of yeah. watching more increasingly more death matches yes on your own in your flat and you listeners can decide if you think that's a healthy improvement um <laughs> in the, in the dark <laughs> but also uh we've got another interview really excited for Wee. this one and actually some of our pals online put us on to this one you'll know who you are but uh we are going to be talking to waka from actress girls it's our very first time talking about actress yeah Looking forward to hearing more about that promotion, more about Waka. I've seen her, of course, in Chocker Pro as well. So not completely unfamiliar, but that's going to be a really fun conversation. And then the following week, we'll be looking at Actress Girls, the beginning show. So they're very much on our radar now. Yes. So thanks so much to all the folks in, I think it was the Chocker Pro Discord that put us onto that one. Very cool indeed. Looking Thank you very much. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a good bunch in there. Indeed. Yeah, so I... I love that we, we've got Waka coming on to uh, educate us two idiots and uh, you know, turn us on to the ups and downs and highs and lows of what it means to be an actress girls fan. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. Love finding out about new wrestling. If you do too, there's only one place to do it. It's here on the Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Wrestling Pod. That's Wrestling Without the E. Easiest way to find the podcast, to be truthful, is to go to WrestlingPod.com. That's again, Wrestling Pod, Wrestling Without the E. Rationale being that although Wrestling Without the E is a very clever and cute, funny name, it's terrible for SEO and you might struggle to find us otherwise. That's probably the best place to do it. Uh, also on that link tree, links where to listen, our personal Twitters and all that good stuff. And that pretty much does us for this week. So, Great suits, drone cams, and all manner of good things. What a fun ride it's been. Thanks so much for joining us. And in the meantime, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the craps. Mm-hmm.